Hello. Amazing to have your ears involved. Thanks so much for downloading this Passion Pod. It is a joy to have you with us. Passion Pod number 55. It's quite a biggie for us this week. Don't really know how we've managed it, but um, celebrating in the joyousness that is chatting to Joe from Nero. Uh, Nero are a kind of electronic dubstepy band. Can you tell me and my high tech musical knowledge? Uh, their first album was insanely successful back in 2011, and they're just actually about to launch their new one, uh, Between Two Worlds, I think it's called, and that's coming out in August. Uh, so, really exciting time for them and nerve wracking. Some great stuff in this. Having set up Passion Pods to try and encourage people to do more of what they love, uh, it is so inspiring to chat to someone who has been so sort of you know, recognised as successful in his field, but yet still has the same questions that a load of people that are just starting out. So if you're self-employed, if you're doing your own thing, if you're doing a creative job, it is lovely to know that we are all thinking the exact same thing, no matter really how well things are going. Uh, But that's always reassuring. It makes us realise that we are not the only ones on this quest. I say reassuring, though, but like it does make you wonder why. It is just... We're just a crazy bunch of bonkersness, aren't we, really? Anywho, right, let's do this. Joe. You're listening to Passion Pod number 55 with Joe from Nero. So, a third of Nero, (laughs) a third of a person. Um, How on earth do you get into making music at the level that you're making it? Like, let's go way back. So, mini timeline of you. Have you always done, like, music-y stuff or, yeah, where did it start? Um... I think it started, I was probably about, yeah, 14, 15, and I, I'd always been kind of creative and play guitar, and then I got into this kind of like trip-hop, that kind of music, but it wasn't a really kind of techno sound, it was a kind of, I liked kind of more acoustic stuff. Yeah. So my mum's Dell managed to download this programme called Cool Edit Pro, which was not the thing pro, at the time. Music, the thing at the time, and you could kind of, I don't know how, it was just all like self-taught, I guess I just took like some kind of MP3s I downloaded off, whatever it was then, Napster or something. Um, and so then, old. <laughs> so old. And then um, and put it into this, and somehow worked out how to like. I take a little section of the of the thing and, and repeat it, loop it over, and put a beat behind it. Like I don't know, for some reason, I just really enjoyed doing it, and was like, oh my god, I've, I've kind of gone from that to that. Really, you know, putting headphones on and doing it. And like, Mom, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing the music. Get out. It's like, don't come in. (laughs) And then was there a specific turning point? Did you just keep doing that until it became... I was doing that. And then um, there's a guy in my group of friends called Dan. And we were into kind of the same music. And then we got into like going out to drum and bass nights. And there the music's a little bit less of... It was, you know, very different from that stuff I've been writing before. But, you know, I really loved it. And he was kind of writing the drum and bass stuff. And we just put our heads together and were like, well, why don't we do it together? So at that time, were you playing anyone the music that you'd been making? No, no, this was just, just completely... Sort of only my mum would ever hear it, that was about yeah. it. <laughs> I love it. If your mum's not your biggest fan, then we're in real trouble. Yeah, exactly. She's crucial. <laughs> um, Amazing. So you guys kind of came together and started making it, combining those sort of two sides of where you were coming from. Yeah, 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 yeah. And again, it was, and it was all sort of just a hobby. It was like, we're going out, hearing the music, loving it, and thinking, you know, it'd be great if we could write it and maybe someday, uh, you know, play it in a club. And just the idea of people dancing to it was, you know, mind-blowing. The fact that we could be the people writing the music. No. Um, so we just kind of started doing that but yeah just just for fun then Dan went to Leicester to do uh, music tech right and it was there that he met a guy from a a drum and bass label called Formation Records and he just happened to have a CD on him with with our first like few tracks that was kind of it they were like you know really like it we'd love to to put out this one track on it 
Um, I was very non-businessy um, about it. Is he more businessy about it, or was he yeah, more businessy yeah, about it? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, I still, you know, saw it as a hobby then, and was like, you know, I'm going to go on and do something different. Did you have an idea no. of what else you might do? No, not that. No, I that. came out of uni and didn't really know, but... What were you? What did you study French at uni? philosophy. Okay, so great for music making, actually. <laughs> yeah, not bad, actually. Terrible, I mean, I mean it's, it's useless for everything. So, as good for music as anything. Uh, so, basically, after uni, uh, I did recruitment for a while, which was a kind of, you know, stopgap, make some cash kind of job, while I was trying to work out what the hell to do. But still always making the music. I still making yeah. music. And at that point... Um, it's so funny that you hadn't thought yet that that might be... I, can't, I mean, I, I kind of had done, but it was like, we had just started to do a few gigs, you know, for like 50 quid a pop. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, maybe I could, maybe yeah. I could, but you know, I, I'm going to kind of see, see what else is, is out there. Try to go into advertising. That seemed something that you... It just seemed yeah. like, okay, I don't know, it's kind of like a cityish job or whatever, but it's, it's know, like, like a is, proper job, yeah, but exactly. it's creative. It's what so, people do, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I went to I went to an interview. I think it was McCann Erickson, so one of the agencies in in London. And um, I remember at the end of it, they were just like, "But you've know, done okay, but you clearly just want to do music, right? Your, your passion's not in advertising." They said it in the interview. Yeah, they said that. That's yeah, amazing. I mean, it came it was, from that sort of direction. Yeah, it was great actually. <laughs> That's really cool. And I, I seemed to kind of fall back. It's like I was still in an interview mode. Like, no, 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 I'm, no. I'm really interested in that, but no, no, um, you got me all wrong. But obviously, see if you're going. I mean, yeah, you're completely right. Like. I mean, in that particular case, you know, trying to make up, no, I'm passionate about advertising. But of course, they, they'd interviewed tons of people who actually were. It's so funny because it like brings up this whole issue of the fact that passion is really central, isn't it? Like where, whether you're doing a job that is sort of a real job in inverted commas or something that's your own thing. There's just more barriers to entry probably with the second option. Yeah, the idea of, of setting off on a path where there wasn't that kind of structure. Like, OK, I joined a company and started this and then, you know, it's kind of a scary thing to do. Um, I, it was quite crucial that I'd, I'd started working with Dan actually because for him it was he, he saw it much more as work and as a career and he was sort of doing that up at uni as well wasn't he you saying he yeah, went and did yeah. that as a degree so and, his, parent, yeah. like his parents so his dad is a, a musician jazz musician his mum's like a, a graphic designer so, so it's much more of a, a yeah, 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 approachable, yeah. perhaps, in his world. Yeah, but... my parents are more in the kind of... Well, my dad's a chemical engineer and mum a kind of secretary. And they, they were the ones who, you know, who got me guitar lessons and stuff. And they were completely, you know, pro everything and not like, holding me back or anything like that. But there was the kind of... Well, what you're used to. It's yeah, like what yeah, you're around yeah, yeah. and what you know, isn't it, I guess? Is that, that one only has that to base it on. So so off the back of um, your interview with those the advertising dudes, so you came out of that and obviously, you know, overnight success, <laughs> yeah? Uh, if only. Uh, so, yeah, what take take us from that sort of point, what the next chapter was off the back of that. I mean, the thing that, that was the kind of catalyst to actually really going for it was um, we had a tune, uh, it was a remix of a song by The Streets. Oh, yeah, 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 Mike Skinner. Yeah, Mike Skinner. Amazing. So it was just a kind of... It was a bootleg edit that we'd done, so we hadn't actually, it wasn't an official thing. And we, uh, at that point, it also kind of got into this other kind of music dubstep, um, which is similar to drum bass, but had a different kind of scene behind it. Was there a big scene at the time when you were starting it, though, of, of dubstep? Was it quite... Yeah, reasonably, reasonably. It wasn't like Radio 1 established, it was... Um, but it was just kind of like coming from the underground, like people in a club in Croydon playing it to 20 mates to to like suddenly like the, the names were kind of coming out like Scream and Bingo, who were kind of crossing over a little bit. And so it was actually Scream that we sent sent the tune to and he was like, oh yeah, I love those. And he started playing it in all, in all the sets and then he gave it to Andy Mack 
so and she was someone we hadn't really had much contact with then um Zane Noah played our stuff on radio the kind of John Ray stuff and then we were actually releasing quite a lot on say Formation Records who was who were the guys we met in Leicester and through them so creating kind of, a lot as well that, yeah, that's so quite we, key we were having you know regular releases and doing the odd small gig but it was still not at the stage at that point where I wanted I could give up the the office job it was just kind of you know maybe two or three hundred pounds a month something like that and sporadic yeah yeah and, and driving up to to Norwich on a Tuesday night or something you know <laughs> yeah no sorry I can't make supper guys so I'm just going to drive five hours for an hour set yeah oh, yeah, oh the, the glamour night. oh yeah, the Mondeo <laughs> Those were the days. I, mean, I kind of missed them, though. They were great. Like, Did you could go in a Ford Mondeo. Did Sorry, I? guys. Oh, years, oh, years ago. Parking this at the front. <laughs> Bless you. Um, so, yeah, we can kind of bubbling away. And actually, then it was all based around um, AIM, AOL Instant Messenger. So all the DJs are on that. It's like MSN, but the AOL version. Oh, stop it. And so it. everyone's on there. They've got their own, like, DJ, uh, Andy C, the UK, whatever. Okay. So you hit them up and go... Then you send over the MP3. That's a really interesting insight into how that world just I had no idea. So mm-hmm. actually that's how music was being passed around. Yeah, before that it would have used to have been um dub play culture. So you go down to this go down to a kind of cutting place and cut it onto vinyl oh. and then give the vinyl to the DJ when you or send it off to them. I love that though. And that's yeah, I mean, that's, that's lovely. Great. That's but not serious. so accessible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, not so accessible. <laughs> Costs quite a lot as well. So you know, this is obviously you make do the MP3. It's all on your laptop or computer, whatever. Send it over. Then it would have been like you needed a studio. They need to go and spend hundred quid to get the thing pressed. And imagine the DJ was like, "Yeah, no, it's all right." We kind of, oh, but that's my that's my night in Norwich. That's that's everything I made that gig last week. It pooed on ours, and now I'm just oh. So anyway, yeah. So this this tune, "Binded by the Light," uh, Annie Max started playing it on Radio One. Um, Mike Skidder himself heard it and loved it, and, and we got the proper release of it. And he started playing it in the street sets. Um, and then we started getting kind of yeah put in with the, the kind of dubstep um, crossover moment so after that we were like oh well let's just write more you know in this in this kind of vein because really enjoyed writing it and you know we loved the music in the kind of way that it was we were at the start of a scene almost um, and everything was kind of yeah it was all bubbling over and it was like, you could feel this kind of wave of momentum coming it was like okay dubstep this dubstep that and all these kind of promoters going oh let's book X, Y and Z DJ for a night and Suddenly it, it was like me. the cool thing to, to be into in the cool scene. It makes um, me really excited just hearing about it though, like that energy of it. It must yeah, have been such oh, an exciting, yeah. exciting time to be part of that. It's... Yeah. And so it was only um, probably a month or two after that that I kind of finally went, oh, you know, recruitment probably had, had my fill of that. Actually, I quite enjoyed it. It was not, not a bad job at all. I quite you never enjoyed know, it. Darl, one I day. Go back. It's <laughs> always, the door is always open. <laughs> I hope so. Um, I feel bad if anyone is recruitment. It's like, who are these? Look at these bastards, you know, swanking around. No, but I know what you mean. A good chance to make the, make, the, uh, make the jump. Yeah, anyway, so that was the moment I was like, I've been doing that for 18 months, and suddenly it was, okay, bookings are coming in, and it was all through MySpace still. We still didn't have an agent, so it was kind of promoters would be messaging us on MySpace, making up our own fees, and it was all kind of, you know, winging it. Feeling fun, your way. Like, yeah, 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 really fun. Again, it's learning as you go, isn't it? It's like, yeah. you know... It's great, it and it's great to do that. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's some people who kind of, almost as they're starting, they try and find an agent, manager, or whatever. I think personally, that would have would have missed out on a lot in terms of um, actually seeing how the whole whole process works, and then, you know, restarting from the bottom and doing that kind of stuff of driving yourself to a gig Norwich or whatever. I'm giving Norwich Fle- a really hard flexing, time. I think oh, Mondeo. I thought the Mondeo was going to get another shout out. <laughs> um, okay, so recruitment's gone. You're doing it full time. Yeah. 
the transition of that, you know, that's quite a change. Um, did you feel like it stepped up again then when you had more time to kind of dedicate to it? Or yeah, it was it was a bit of a weird one because actually, when something's a hobby, it's it, there's no pressure on it. And then as soon as it's a kind of oh okay, I don't have to get up at you know nine and then come home at six and then do a few hours in the evening. I've got the whole day. It's a completely different you know completely different life. Um, because you're structuring yourself structure then, as you? well as, as motivation and pressure so there's like yeah the structure of your day as in I was quite young still you know and if you could do like the student thing of getting up at 11 doing late night things to 4am which I obviously did at the start but uh, yeah without the office without the day job it became like oh god it's quite actually you can get a bit lost in it and suddenly you're kind of right I'm going to have to actually you know treat myself in a bit of a different way and try and kind of structure more so then we, we hired a studio because before then it was all kind of bedroom based you know like going to each other's bedrooms and then just, just working there so then it was like okay no, we should probably get a studio and like treat it as almost like going to the office and simultaneously we got approached by a new label uh, management company and an agent uh, all around the same sort of time yeah because it was I mean it was kind of obvious it was like all just picking up and amazing so, god that must have been exciting yeah it, it was it was and uh, yeah and they all kind of worked together it was like okay so have you thought about doing an album you know and like yeah 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 so okay well let's say you've got these tracks and the album will be then then we can start you know the, the agent was saying so we'll, we'll put you at this club and then we'll do this and then maybe you could do your first festival thing here and so you'll build up the name and then maybe the first single will drop around then. So they obviously had the whole kind of structure. So that's interesting. So yeah, so then having, you know, just thinking about it from your guys' point of view, you'd, you'd started to make the structure a bit by making yourselves go to the studio and stuff like that. It's moving you into a new type of structure. Yeah. You know, like... I think that's why I waited as long as I did to give up the data, basically, because I didn't want to go out and then still be trying to, like, to make it work. It was like, it was like okay, right, I can give this up and then on Monday I'll be kind of you know, I've got a gig on Friday and want to do this remix for this person or, you know, whatever it was. It was kind of, okay, I can get going because still the, you know, struggle with, with structuring the, <laughs> the days, the weeks, whatever. When, when it's so free as, as a self-employed person, you know, you can get like, oh, I could just take the week off. But, <laughs> but then it's almost, I find, I don't know and you I don't know. Mental, you go kind of... Yeah, yeah, but it's so ironic because so many people who have more structure at their work... I think often can find it difficult to understand because I don't know about you, but a lot of people say to me or I hear a lot of the time when I'm talking to creatives or small businesses, you know, everyone's just like, oh, it's all right for you. You know, you work for yourself. And it's like, there are some great things about working oh, yeah. for yourself. Oh my God, you know, we've covered some of them. But it's bloody hard work. It, I think it has the opposite um, outcome often of how a lot of people think it. Yeah, works. yeah, yeah. yeah complicated completely. one. Yeah, yeah, it actually becomes, you know, more pressure in some ways because you're success is all on you you have to do it and if you haven't done it it can always be nagging away at the back of your mind like that's my biggest problem is kind of switching off at, at the end of the day or in the evening so do you make music at home now or do you just make it in the studio does that does that make a difference in terms of switch, switching off yeah i mean both and sometimes yeah both in the same day so i'll go to the studio and then have an idea later and you know it could be like 8 p.m or something and i'm at home or i'm out or I'm somewhere and kind of get the laptop out and do it but um, yeah, I struggle to kind of, uh, that's one of the hardest things I think is, is, is actually switching off rather than switching on because, you know, I'm always wanting to kind of do stuff, but it can be kind of exhausting and in the end not, not good for your overall 
productivity if you're just working all the time thinking about it um that's really good advice it's so funny how you explain it so it's like being always on because mm. you know you can't stop that <laughs> it's not like i mean right i always think that with writing when people are writers it's like right i'm gonna sit down and just write it's like how do you what if you're not feeling like writing on that day yeah 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 everyone's different how it, how it comes out i guess yeah there's this great book called rituals that came out a year or two ago about different writers and musicians and artists and um yeah it was all kind of quite kind of like uh, older writers so like even walls i mean they had their like get up at six work between seven and ten go for a walk do this amazing stop at three cocktails at 4 p.m <laughs> <laughs> that's a bloody life that sounds a great book though yeah yeah but it was and actually after reading that i was like i need to kind of you know need to get this down a bit more how and are you finding someone it? else saying uh, I, can't remember, I can't remember if it was henry or someone but it was like you know as a writer always finish with where you know what you're going to do in the morning so don't finish when you've exhausted all your ideas when you've got one more idea then finish and say you know what you're going to do the next day because and, and otherwise you will never stop because you can always have another idea and then... I know it's like that to-do list you're like oh I've ticked off five and now I've got 12 more brilliant um okay so other things that you find challenging you're talking about structure that's that's obviously something that is you know definitely something that I know a lot of people find challenging what other things have you found, found challenging about working for yourself or that um that have been difficult about following this sort of path um yeah, yeah like going back to what we were saying near the start actually like I still find myself and I have to kind of catch myself thinking like when are you gonna get a proper job and I still kind of have that little sometimes it says oh yeah you know this is this is still just a hobby at some point you're going to do something serious or something proper really yeah 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 I think that will never go away though I could be doing this till I I don't know doing music on 45 50 and I'll be like yeah but sometime you're you're going to become an accountant or whatever it is why do you think that is though and I don't think you're alone in that thought at all Um, and I think our society definitely now without going global on the whole bloody thing but our society definitely sees more artistic and creative jobs like that why is that like it's so crap like we have that um and I think especially when you've gone through maybe more traditional forms of education there is a real um there's a real hunger or need for support for people not not to be brought up thinking that because what's one defining as a real job it's like you're making a very good income for yourself doing something you love that is amazing isn't that well I don't know for me that's like bang on that's what else do we want it's like yeah okay cheers but yet one still questioning that yeah it's yeah, bonkers yeah. That. it's really yeah it's really insane <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's different it's kind of like conditioning isn't it it's like yeah like schooling and and, yeah. and and like like so dan went to a more kind of arty school in pimlico parents were kind of more arty so for him it was always like okay work and i remember his mom saying so are you guys gonna go upstairs and work now and I was like, and the idea of her calling it work, writing music then, when we were just kind of playing around drum bass or whatever, when we were 17, was like, this isn't work, you know, that's insane that you think this is work. Um, and, funny. But whereas, you know, and my parents would have thought the same thing, they'd have been like, no, this is just a hobby. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if that will ever kind of, kind of go away in a way, but you know, it's, and, and it does kind of upset me when um, I see people going to like, uh, going through kind of traditional schooling or certain kinds of schooling and it's it's like okay you're going to become a whatever doctor dentistry kind of thing or you're going to go into the, the city in this way or you're going to go into oh you're a bit creative well okay you should do advertising or, or PR or I, I, I'm just making stuff up but you know what I mean and it's like okay well yeah those jobs are there but there's like a million other things well, that's uh, exactly one of the main reasons that I started doing this exactly that yeah. reason I, th- I think you know I have to be honest even amongst my own friends I'm a bit like I don't know what half of them do. There are so many bloody jobs where you're yeah. like, 
if only I'd known these existed, that these were options as jobs, you know. Yeah, like you say, just don't get given those as options. It's like, pop in this box, and if you don't, well, be off with you. I have no idea what to do with you. So I've just started this thing, okay? Um, it's a newish sort of thing. You're, you're heading out on your day as a music maker, right? Um, and you've got a bag with you that you are taking your essentials in, like the top three things that you couldn't sort of operate without. Mary Poppins-esque, so... So don't let the size limit you. Um, and in it, three things. Um, inspiration, um, a person, um, and a thing. So yeah, those are the three sort of things. So they're basically pretty broad. You know, the stuff that you really need day to day. Inspiration, person, and a thing. Okay, the thing is definitely, uh, or, or definitely my noise-cancelling headphones. Amazing! Especially in London. Like, London stresses me out, it's really noisy. So I kind of pop on like my Bose noise-cancelling headphones, flick them on, and then... Sometimes I don't even listen to anything. Sometimes I just put them on and it just kind of mutes it out a bit. And also it means people don't have to then talk. You can't talk to anyone. Brilliant. (laughs) I should try that out. They're so good. Good. Good tactic. Or on... Okay, it's a bit weird, but sometimes on flights, the sun's being noisy, I can put them on and then I've got this white noise app. So it just goes... You and my sister need to hang out slash don't ever. She was doing a dissertation, Joe, and we walked in her room. I was like, I've got a couple... Okay, you're sitting there on your own listening to white noise. She was listening to white noise when she was writing. I was like, you are, babes, we need to go out for a walk because I'm worried for your mental health. You bloody do it. For God's I know, I get her completely. She sounds great. <laughs> this together. is not good. I listen to, there's, there's this YouTube two hour thing called Ambient Space Noise, which is like, kind of noises for two hours. I just love like now that. we know love why you that. make tunes. Oh God! <laughs> Looking forward to the Nero Space Noise album coming soon. Triple albums. <laughs> okay, okay, so you've got your noise cancellers, cracking one, amazing. Right. So what about inspiration? Yeah, it's kind of maybe a bit of boring answer, but inspiration does usually come from from within music, and it will come from from anywhere. But often I'll just hear I'll hear a, a melody or a, a little bit of another song. I'll immediately make a mental note. And if I've got Shazam, I'll Shazam it, or I'll try and do that. And if I can't, I find it really, really annoying. And yeah, related to that, I'm YouTube. I just kind of click around on YouTube for, I can do that for hours. Go onto one piece of music, and then they'll be kind of, oh, what's this? Going on to this, and then next thing, this. Found this kind of piece of Haitian, like kind of slightly voodoo-esque music the other day. It had 57 views, and it's got this like amazing melody. I don't, I don't even know how I clicked on that. Um, that's okay. cracking, that's great. Right, and then person. Oh, I'm just going to say, uh, I'm going to say my friend Henry. And he's, he's brilliant because he's a lawyer. He's got a very, very different job, but a very like analytical mind and a very kind of you know, big picture perspective. And he, he doesn't understand, he doesn't get music at all, really, in terms of like the details of, oh, this melody on top of this one will work, or this would, you know, in that kind of sense. Um, he is really musical, I should say. That's really me. <laughs> it's like, he's, he's totally tone deaf, <laughs> can't sing a note. Uh... <laughs> you know, he's, yeah, he's just kind of got a completely you know, different perspective, different pair of ears in that way. And so I can kind of ask his advice on on, on things and give a very different opinion from, from what a lot of people within the scene would say. Um, and also on a kind of personal level, he completely gets the things when I'm saying, God, mate, I don't, you know, I don't know what to do today. Like, I've been, I tried to do this and it didn't work. And now, now, I'm, now I've got four hours to play with and I'm not sure what to do. Or, you know, something like that, which sounds completely, to a lot of people might be, be you know, um, would have made no sense. So he's great for that. What's the best bit? What's the best bit of doing your own thing? Okay, I know what it definitely used to be, which was um, it was the moment of seeing people enjoying the music and 
going from the guy in, in, in the club like dancing away and enjoying the DJ and whatever he's playing and then suddenly getting the other side of the decks and like a tune that I've been writing for, for a couple of weeks at home play it for the first time and get a good reaction and it's kind of like oh and then you see other DJs playing it and so on and, and it's kind of that was just in, that was incredible you know and, and just enjoying the process of writing the music and I think that's like with a kind of creative career I think that's the hard thing actually that's one of the hardest things is is um, staying in touch with that original kind of the original passion that you had because you know I'm not uh, I'm not an 18 year old uh, drum and bass kid anymore <laughs> 30, 31 still kind of love bits to music and still but I don't go to you know fabric on a, on a Friday anymore. oh don't ask I mean, I've seen you down there last week babes <laughs> in the sure. queue just at the queue at 11pm I mean I've gone in the days <laughs> yeah yeah so um, yeah and it's like still it's still there like but you've got to kind of cultivate it a bit more I still still love the music but it's not as instant not as direct it's not like oh sick like this because I've heard it for 13 years now I've been writing it for 13 years so I know every little kind of oh it's that thing that thing that thing you know and so it can be quite distancing from that original like creative fashion I'm sure I can go with any kind of creative job or self-employed thing you can get 13 years into it and then be like oh what was it what am I even doing now and it becomes a job and you're like oh I'm just I'm writing this piece of music for this thing but but you just kind of like find it and cultivate it. And actually that can be quite difficult. We got stuck in a rut of doing, trying to do the same thing, stay on the same path and, lose, and not really going out listening to music and, and doing and finding the passion the way that we did in the first place. Making um, It's making the effort, I guess, to yeah, still have, have the passion make, in a funny way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because if you don't, it, yeah, it can become just kind of like a routine and like anything else and just kind of plodding over. And and, and that comes out with with what you're doing and in the music and... So, so you know, we just did our second album. It took a lot longer than the, I don't know if it did a lot longer actually, but yeah, it, it took longer and it's more of a struggle than the first because isn't that what they always say though? The yeah, second album. Yeah, because you don't have that original like uh, kind of motivational passion or that the kind of instinct that you have within the, for the the first time where it's all just fun and you're just kind of writing music for the fun of it. The second one, you're kind of you're like, what do we need to do now? Um, can't do exactly the same thing again. What am I into now? What 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 are we doing? And it becomes a little bit more. I suppose it's slightly different from what I was just saying, but you start to overthink it, and simultaneously, you, yeah, you get a bit disconnected from just that really like simple. Oh, I'm enjoying doing this, and you know, if people like it, great. If they don't, then whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of what the first album for for most people is like. But also, I think imagine in your situation because that first album was really successful. You know, mm. you did really well off the back of that. So the pressure, I'm sure, for anyone doing that is is going to be there. But especially when you're in a stage that, you know, you're on a big stage in the, in the situation that you guys are in. Mm. And so I imagine that's just <laughs> stressful <laughs> for anyone. It's like, cheers, guys, just yeah. lather another layer on. <laughs> but but that, that's the nature of it. Because, yeah, you're coming at it from a totally different direction this time round. Completely, completely. Actually, yeah, recently we had, we had um, through this guy called Ted Cockles, who's the head of Virgin EMI who came in to like great name Ted Cockles yeah 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 I think that's a brilliant name he came to give us a bit of a pep talk and he was he was great because he was like um, everyone has this same thing you know third album it will be a struggle (laughs) fourth album will be a struggle you were like cool see you later (laughs) yeah but but it's also like you know like that is the nature of it Uh, so he kind of said you know you too don't think that just because they've had you know 10 things they're the biggest band in the world ever they're just petrified of not being the biggest band in the world now so it's not like Bono's kind of sitting there going, oh, whatever, it's fine, it's great. They're, they're so anxious about everything being successful. You know, it's like, that's the nature, it doesn't stop. 
And I was kind of actually wished that someone had almost said that in the first place in a kind of mentor type way. Because, yeah, I guess with a self-employed, maybe creative profession, something I'd advise is to try and find a mentor, someone who's done something, done it before, someone who's completely separate, but can just come in and say, yeah, it's going to be like this and this. And, you know, don't expect it to be all kind of, oh, creative and lovely the whole way. You know, it's going to be a struggle and there'll be a struggle after that. But that's just it. Oh, so, you beat me to it because I'm like, I always like to ask like what advice you'd give people if they were, if someone was wanting to start out doing what you were doing or is in a similar situation. So that is an amazing answer. And also another thing I'd say is, if you're like me, you're not super kind of self-promotional, businessy. You just like doing what you're doing, but you, you know. And people say, oh, that's really good. You should do something with it. And you're like, yeah, no, whatever. Find someone who is uh, is kind of businessy. It could be like a you know, friend, family, or, or whatever it is. Just someone who's like, this is Joe's music, you know, what do you think of it? You know, because so, I, I, the idea of me trying to sell sell stuff is, is kind of cringy and still is a bit cringy. I'm like, oh, I hate that kind of world. <laughs> so find someone who, if that's you, then find someone who, who, who isn't cringy about it, <laughs> basically. <laughs> You've been listening to Passion Pod 55 with Joe from Nero. So that was a goodie, wasn't it? Passion pod number 55, I told you. I told you it was going to be a goodie. These passion pods are so brilliant. I have to say, during most of them, there's at least one moment where I sit there and I'm like, my heart swells just slightly. And I'm like, this is why we are sitting here and talking about this stuff. And hopefully you do too, because that is, after all, the main point of these, uh, is that if you are doing your own thing or thinking about doing your own thing, that you just find a bit of encouragement and inspiration from the fact that there are other people out there I know. It sometimes seems like there aren't, doesn't it? But there are. There's so many other people doing these things. And we just kind of want to share those stories so that you don't feel like you are the only one doing it, which it can feel like a lot of the time. It can get ruddy lonely, can't it? Uh, So, yeah. There's loads more where this came from. Find us on iTunes and you can subscribe to us on there. Just type in Passion Pods. Or you can follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Uh, or you can sign up to our newsletter if you head to the website, passionpods.co.uk, and you can sign up for the newsletter on there. Big fat thanks as ever for listening. Just so appreciate it. Any feedback, any comments, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. Um, otherwise, we will look forward to seeing you next week. And we've got a goodie for you next week. We are chatting to a female comedian. Not going to tell you much more than that, as usual, like just, you know, tantalise and tease you. Um, But hopefully there might be some sort of laughing in some way, shape or form. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? No pressure, poor thing. So, yeah, join us for that. Can't wait to share her story with you then.